Hi, this is Pam Johnson. Today I'd like to talk to you about the role of CT in identifying recurrent and metastatic renal cell carcinoma in patients who have had a nephrectomy. And this talk is based on an exhibit that was written by Stephanie Coquia, one of our attendings here at Hopkins, as well as Dr. Fishman and I, to show you the spectrum of findings when renal cell carcinoma recurs in the uh, chest, abdomen, and pelvis, and in other locations as well. So a little background, according to the NCI, 64,000 new cases of kidney cancer in 2012. Of course, as we know, the management depends on the stage, the patient's functional status. Um, considerations include uh, whether they've had previous renal surgery, as well as the histology of the tumor, the size of the tumor, and the options available for patients with renal cell carcinoma include nephrectomy, partial nephrectomy, cryoablation, radiofrequency ablation, or active surveillance. Following treatment, patients, of course, as we know, are followed with imaging, primarily CT, in order to detect recurrent or metastatic disease, and one of the characteristics of renal cell carcinoma is that metastatic disease and recurrence can occur many, many years after surgical treatment. As many as 6% of patients develop metastases more than 10 years following nephrectomy, so it's important whenever a patient has this history of renal cell and has had a nephrectomy that we keep in mind that it may recur even though they've been disease-free for a very long time. The rate of recurrence and the time to developing recurrence depends on the stage of the tumor with the recurrence rate being much higher and the duration, um, the time that it takes to recur being much shorter in patients with T3 disease as shown here in comparison to T1 and T2. What are the more common sites that we see metastatic and recurrent disease? Well, the lungs, lymph nodes, skeletal structure, liver, of course, they can also have metastatic disease to the brain, to the contralateral kidney, and the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands is a, a common location, even at presentation. So serial imaging after resection, the protocols vary by institution, and the American College of Radiology recommends that depending on whether it's T1, T2, or T3, um, the, the post-operative imaging protocol will vary in terms of when they are undergo chest radiograph and CT and whether CT is warranted. So, for example, T3 tumors, patients will have chest radiographs every 6 to 12 months for 3 years, then annually until year 5, and they'll undergo abdominal CT every 3 to 6 months for 3 years, and then again annually until year 5. In terms of CT protocol design, because CT is the most commonly used imaging tool for follow-up, again, the protocols will vary across institution. And really, the whole purpose of my talk is to demonstrate the critical importance of arterial phase imaging in follow-up of these patients, particularly the ones that had a clear cell primary, because the clear cell tumors are most conspicuous on the arterial phase owing to the hypervascular nature of these tumors. They're, they're very vascular, and regardless of whether the metastatic disease is in the liver or the muscle, they are most, uh, they are most optimally visualized on a good arterial phase scan. So 
In this exhibit, we're going to go through a number of cases to show the most the common location and the uncommon locations of recurrence, and to show how protocol optimization can improve lesion detectability, both by emphasizing the importance of the arterial phase and showing the utility of multiplanar reconstructions for, for making lesions more conspicuous um, depending on the anatomic location. Okay, so here's our technique. Um, the non-contrast study is opt is uh, essential at presentation, but be is really the question is whether it's required in follow-up. This is an area of investigation, um, and uh, with the with the goal of reducing radiation exposure, perhaps the non-contrast acquisition is not necessary at follow-up, particularly when you have many prior scans for comparison. And because the patients only have one kidney, we will give them isosmolar contrast, performing corticomedullary, nephrographic, and delayed phase imaging. We perform axial reconstructions at three by three millimeters. Then we, the, we generate sagittal and coronal NPRs at the scanner that go to the PACs for each acquisition. So for corticomedullary, we'll have axial, coronal, and sagittal. Nephrographic, axial, coronal, and sagittal, and delayed as well. Then a thin section reconstructed volume is sent to a separate reading station for interactive 3D rendering with volume rendering MIP and interactive NPRs. Okay, so let's go through the different locations, common sites of recurrence or metastatic disease. As I mentioned, number one, of course, the surgical bed, the contralateral kidney, lungs, nodes, skeletal structure, brain. Important to remember that renal cell metastasizes to the pancreas and you must look very carefully at the pancreas on the arterial phase to find the small recurrences. It also can metastasize to the spleen. The spleen is not a common location for metastatic disease but renal cell carcinoma is one of the tumors that does metastasize to the spleen. The uncommon sites I'm going to also demonstrate stomach, muscle, breast, chest wall, rarely ovary, bowel, and spine, spinal cord. All right, so here's the first example, 65-year-old woman who had a left nephrectomy more than a decade previously, and see the small enhancing nodule within the surgical bed here, which is really only w well seen on the arterial phase. On the venous phase, you can see that this would probably be missed if you did not have an arterial acquisition. This one, of course, much more conspicuous. We have a large mass in the right nephrectomy bed in a patient who had right, radical right nephrectomy seven years prior. Large vascular mass seen on axial and coronal imaging, typical appearance for a recurrent clear cell carcinoma. Another example of an intramuscular metastasis in a patient who had had a left nephrectomy showing a large vascular mass in the left paraspinal musculature within the psoas, and we see that, well, on both axial and coronal images. The psoas muscle is a little bit of a pitfall. You have to look very carefully along the length of the psoas muscle and make sure that you um, don't miss smaller metastatic lesions to this muscle. This is a patient who had left nephrectomy seven years previously and now has a renal cell carcinoma in the right kidney. So this is why, again, we do multiphase imaging. We have to look carefully at the contralateral kidney 
and some tumors are more conspicuous on the corticomedullary phase, some on the nephrographic, and some on the delayed phase. This is an 83-year-old woman who developed pulmonary metastases 10 years after nephrectomy. And I showed the soft tissue and the lung window to demonstrate the vascularity of these tumors after IV contrast administration, which is a characteristic of renal cell carcinoma. Here's a patient with multiple pleural metastases who had had a nephrectomy several years prior. And we can see a number of enhancing nodules along the left pleural surface. Um, which are really nicely shown on the coronal MPR as well as the axial image. In this patient, of course, the, the metastatic disease is not subtle, but it is very characteristic of renal cell carcinoma. On both axial and coronal um, 3D renderings, we can see the vascularity of these tumors. They are often peripherally vascular with central necrosis. That's another characteristic feature of metastatic renal cell carcinoma. Metastatic disease can present to the lymph nodes as shown in this patient who had, had a right nephrectomy and six years later developed retroperitoneal adenopathy as well as a left supraclavicular node shown in the bottom image. Skeletal metastases, renal cell carcinoma is one of the tumors that causes lytic lesions in the bone. Now on CT this will be seen as a soft tissue mass replacing the bone and you can see the vascularity of the mass which is characteristic of renal cell carcinoma. Um, they're often large and destructive as shown in this case. Here's another nice example where we can also see it on the scalp view that there is a lytic lesion within the left scapula and we see the vascularity of the mass on the, the IV contrast enhanced CT, characteristic of this tumor type. Now I show this case to demonstrate how the liver metastases are much more conspicuous on the arterial phase. This patient has both hepatic and adrenal metastases, widespread liver mets, but they are really best seen on the arterial phase as the tumors have enhanced to a higher degree than the unenhanced liver. When the liver reaches its point of maximum enhancement, the tumors become much less conspicuous, both um, in appearance and in size. You can see that, for example, if we see this metastasis here on the right lobe is much larger than it appears on the venous phase, when the solid portion of the mass is now isodense to the liver. This is a nice example showing how subtle the small metastases can be unless you have a good arterial phase and coronal multiplanar reconstructions are really helpful for identifying small liver lesions. You don't see anything axially. It's really important in patients who may have small metastases to the liver to take another look coronally. And in this case, we see multiple small vascular mets throughout the liver well seen on the arterial phase. And we look on the venous phase and they are completely iso. Attenuating to liver, delayed phase, we still can't see them. In fact, the only other acquisition where we can see them is the non-contrast. So if you have a patient who can't receive IV contrast because their renal function is compromised and they only have one kidney, and you do a non-contrast scan, you still have to look very closely for any new hypodensities in the liver any change in the appearance of the pancreas um, that might suggest that there's metastatic disease in these locations. Here's an 81-year-old man with 
brain metastasis, we can see the va again, it's a vascular lesion um, in the frontal lobe, as well as edema in the contralateral frontal lobe, as there was another lesion more inferior to this. In this patient, I show the right adrenal mass, demonstrating the characteristic peripheral enhancement with central necrosis that is typical for renal cell carcinoma. Now, the other tumors that can look like this would be pheochromocytoma, which in this case, clearly the patient's had a left nephrectomy, and this is a new lesion, so this is most likely a metastatic renal cell. But if the patient presents, there can be challenges, for example, when the patient presents with the original tumor. It's important to remember that two things. One is that pheochromocytoma and metastatic renal cell carcinoma can look very similar when the pheo if it's a very vascular pheochromocytoma. Both of these lesions can exhibit washout characteristics similar to an adenoma. So you really cannot use your adenoma washout in isolation to try to determine whether an adrenal lesion is an adenoma or a metastasis from a renal cell carcinoma. So I'll show you in this example where the lesion is much smaller. We see this very small vascular lesion seen very well on the arterial phase. This is metastatic renal cell to the adrenal gland. On the venous phase, it's washed out to the point where we can, can't even visualize it. Now, if you're going to perform a washout evaluation on this patient because of the vascularity of the lesion, it's probably going to wash out more than 60% but you have got to take into consideration the degree of enhancement and recognize that this is actually a metastasis and clearly does not exhibit the enhancement pattern of an adenoma, which typically enhances gradually from arterial to venous phase and does not enhance to this level. The pancreas, as I mentioned, renal cell carcinoma can metastasize to the pancreas, and we've seen many cases where it's multifocal throughout the pancreas. So if you find one metastasis, keep looking. There's a good chance that there's at least one more. And in this case, we can see that there are innumerable metastases. Despite the fact that they are really contour deforming, you still see them much better on the arterial phase image on the left. When you compare these two coronal images in this patient with uh, multiple pancreatic metastases. And again, I want to reiterate that if you can't give IV contrast and you just have a non-contrast scan, compare carefully the borders of the pancreas because I have seen cases where we didn't give contrast, so of course we can't make the definitive diagnosis that the patient has a metastasis to the pancreas. But when you compared several scans over time, you could see that there was uh, something that was deforming the contour of the pancreas and getting larger over time and then the patient did undergo contrast enhanced imaging and there was metastatic disease in the pancreas so you've got to use your prior studies when you don't when you can't give the patient contrast and when you can give them contrast you've got to go first through the arterial phase patient with splenic metastases same principle applies seen much better on the arterial phase and remember that renal cell can metastasize to the spleen. So if, again, at presentation, a patient presents with renal cell carcinoma, large renal cell carcinoma, and has these in the spleen, do not assume that they are hemangiomas. You know, we, we often just assume that things in the spleen are benign, but this is one of the tumors that can metastasize to the spleen. Here is a patient who developed gastric metastases five years after nephrectomy. There was a small vascular mass along the wall of the stomach that um, grew a little bit larger at follow-up. And, and 
actually was resected. So you might argue, well, you know, what is if this is the if this is one of several lesions, well then in that case it's just one manifestation of widespread metastatic disease or recurrence, but if it's the only site, it may be amenable to surgical resection and that's what this patient underwent. So look carefully at the stomach. Good example of the importance of technique in evaluating the stomach, which in this case is well distended with water. As you know, if you gave this patient oral contrast, you would not see this lesion. So we really feel strongly about imaging. If you're ever um, imaging for vascular lesions in the stomach, it's very important to use a negative contrast agent and good arterial and venous phase imaging to, to uh, identify these small lesions along the wall. Intramuscular metastasis, this is something that we see not infrequently, and the same principle applies. We see the on the arterial phase, these METs are much better seen. And as you can imagine, without IV contrast, we're not going to see these at all because they're small size. They're not going to change the contour of the muscle. But look very carefully. You have to add this to your search pattern. In renal cell carcinoma, once you've done your standard search pattern, then you have to go back and take a close look at the musculature of the chest and abdominal wall as well as the subcutaneous tissues because it can metastasize to as to the subcutaneous tissue you'll see new subcutaneous nodules here's a patient another example in this case in the left chest wall and a vascular mass that was metastatic renal cell this is a pretty rare location for metastatic renal cell in this patient who had had left nephrectomy developed bilateral ovarian metastases. And one actually looks, you know, is a cystic and solid lesion, which would make you think of primary ovarian cancer, but the vascularity and the history of renal cell carcinoma is consistent with renal cell metastases. We can see these nodules are extremely vascular as with the other metastases. And in the left ovary, it's a solid lesion here. This patient had widespread metastatic disease, also including the loop of bowel. So here's a short segment into susception where you might say, well, we know that the transient into susceptions are short segment. Um, but if you look carefully in this case, we can see this lead point, which is small vascular nodules um, that were metastases within the bowel. Here's a patient with serosal metastasis to the wall of the bowel, again exhibiting that vascularity that is typical for metastatic renal cell carcinoma developing 10 years after nephrectomy. And here's a rare example of a patient who has metastasized to the spinal canal with this dural-based nodule, but again exhibiting the vascularity typical of renal cell carcinoma. So when they have widespread metastatic disease, now you're going to add looking carefully in, at the spinal canal to your search pattern Make sure that we're not missing um, something that could potentially be causing cord compression. In conclusion, I hope that I've emphasized three things in this talk. Number one, the importance of arterial phase imaging, because you will miss lesions if you do not have a well-timed arterial scan, as I showed you in many different locations. Number two, you've got to know where these tumors metastasize to and expand your standard search pattern to look in the muscles, the chest wall, the stomach, the spinal canal, these places that I've, locations that I've shown you that are a little bit atypical for other metastatic lesions. And number three, the multiplanar reconstructions are really critical in helping you 
to identify some of these lesions. They'll be seen better on the NPRs. Thank you very much for your attention and have a great day.